Welcome to Stories of Terra. My name is Guy Black, or Ravenhood on the interwebs, and I'm just a humble storyteller here to draw you into the vast world of Terra by Riot Games. The Riot Games community has crafted an incredible universe filled with men of action. Each week we jump into the Riot Games universe and narrate something from the world of Terra off of the universe site. Uh, it's basically an audiobook project by me, a loving fan of League stories and lore. This week's story is Akshan, the Rogue Sentinel. Forgive my pun earlier, but now let's look over and see if I can do a terrible impression of him. Here we go. Not everything happens for a reason. Some things need to be sorted out. Raising an eyebrow in the face of danger, Akshan fights evil with dashing charisma, righteous vengeance, and a conspicuous lack of shirts. He's highly skilled in the art of stealth combat, able to evade the eyes of his enemies and reappear when they least expect him. With a keen sense of justice and a legendary death-reversing weapon, he rights the wrongs of Terra's many scoundrels while living by his own moral code. Don't be an ass. Quick break here real quick. I'm really excited to announce the release of one of our first episodes for the Gamer Alchemy podcast coming out February 4th. It's a new podcast I'm co-hosting with my buddy Elliot Moose Captain Minge, where we cross streams between tabletop role-playing games and board games and some of our favorite video games. So check it out. We're going to explore different things like what does it see to be Neo in Smash Bros? What if Sephiroth was in Pathfinder? And right now we're going through each of the regions of Terra and converting them to a, as I'm calling it, a click and drag and drop conversion to your D&D 5th edition tabletop game. So far, we've hit Targon and Noxus. So keep your ear out if that piques your interest, if you're into tabletop gaming and League and other games. We'd love to have you along for the ride and hear your ideas of how you have maybe converted things to other things and how maybe you see a different way of doing it. Thanks. Back to the show. Now to the biography of Akshan, the rogue sentinel. Dashing through the shadows of eastern Sharima, a righteous avenger stalks those who have harmed others. His punishment is swift, certain, and exacted by a curious weapon that rights the wrongs of his foes. Raised on the streets of the city of Marwi, Akshan was introduced to injustice at birth. In a place where local warlords took what they wanted, most people survived by keeping their heads down and minding their own affairs. Try as he might, young Akshan could never manage to let bad deeds go unnoticed, and was often quick to intervene when he saw someone being mistreated. This approach made the boy many powerful enemies, and on one fateful occasion, left him beaten and within an inch of his life. But luck was on his side. An old woman named Shadya found the boy unconscious in the street outside her dwelling. Though Marwian custom said she should not get involved, she took young Akshan inside and, against all odds, he pulled through. As Akshan regained his facilities, he realized his savior was no ordinary woman. Shadya was a member of the Sentinels of Light, 
an ancient order committed to fighting harrowings and eradicating agents of the Black Mist. She saw Akshan as a troubled youth, stubborn and defiant, but vulnerable. After butting heads with a boy over her numerous sentinel house rules, Shadia quickly discovered there was much to like about him. He had guts and a conscience, a combination seldom found in a Maori. Seeing the immense potential in the young man, Shadia made a deal with him. She would allow him to stay, free from the grasp of his countless enemies, and in return, he would dedicate himself to the Sentinel Order. Shadia and Akshan formed a fast bond as she taught him everything she knew about surviving as a solo sentinel. Akshan, the scrappy street urchin, grew into Akshan, the full-grown bane of scoundrels. But even as Akshan's skills grew by the day, he could see his mentor growing more distant and more troubled. At last, Shadia told her pupil the reason for her concern. A harrowing was coming, bigger than any the world had ever seen, bearing an army of wraiths and ghouls from the Shadow Isles. Their only hope of stopping the cataclysm rested with the ancient sentinel weapons that laid buried within Shurima's crypts and tombs. If the world was to be saved from ruination, they needed to collect these weapons, and quickly. To Shadia's dismay, she found that the ancient weapons had already been plundered by local warlords. She pleaded with them to relinquish the artifacts and fight against the inevitable harrowing, but the warlords refused, determined to unlock the weapon's mysterious power for themselves. With time running out, Akshan and Shadia were forced to make do with what they had. They took stock of their arsenal. Akshan discovered a particularly striking gun hidden away in the base's vault. Alarmed, his mentor snatched it away and forbade Akshan to ever use it. The weapon known as the Absolver, was imbued with an ancient enchantment that granted a strange, unspeakable power. It could take the life of a killer, and by doing so, restore their most recent victims to life. It must not be wielded by anyone, said Shadia. Such matters of life and death are best left in the hands of fate. But Akshan still bristled at sentinel rules, and he had even stronger opinions on fate. He'd spent his whole life seeing good people horribly mistreated while bad people did as they pleased without consequence. If fate was real, it definitely needed help. Help that the Absolver could provide. And as his interest in the weapon deepened, Akshan continued to pry its history from Shadia and came to a shocking discovery. She had used the gun to save Akshan when she found him unconscious in the street all those years ago. With it, she'd slain the criminal who had nearly killed him, and, in doing so, restored young Akshan to life. He wondered, why did he alone deserve to be revived with the gun? Surely there were others who were more worthy. While Akshan questioned the antiquated rules of his order, his mentor continued to press the warlords to turn over their stolen weapons. Tensions between the two parties built until one tragic day, Akshan returned home to find Shadia murdered in the street, almost exactly where he had fallen all those years ago. Akshan knew what he had to do. He made some key alterations to the Absolver and set out into the scorching desert with the forbidden weapon, hungry for vengeance. Though he could not determine which of the warlords had killed his mentor, he knew one way to be certain. He would pick them off, one 
by one until Shadia was returned to Runeterra. And now for Akshan's story, In Search of Things Lost, by John O'Brien. Shadia had only been dead a few weeks, and already Akshan could feel all traces of her slipping away. That was the hardest facet of his grief, the hoarding of mementos, the scrambling to scrape together whatever remained of his beloved mentor. He pulled the old charcoal sketch from his pocket and studied it. The crude drawing was a poor likeness of her face, lacking all fine detail. Still, he found if he closed his eyes and tried to remember, he could usually fill in the blanks, but more and more his memory was failing him. Shadia, why did you leave me? He wondered. Was it his own doing? Something deep inside trying to protect him by eroding all traces of a standard he was failing to meet? Or perhaps he just needed something to jar his memory. He stuffed the drawing back into his pocket as he walked into the open-air markets of Central Marwai, searching for anything to remind him of his mentor. After a few blocks, he stumbled upon a jarring sight. In an alley between two stucco buildings, a young waif was fastening a familiar mother-of-pearl bracelet to her grime-smeared arm. Quick as the wind, Akshan dashed right up to the urchin's face, cape snapping in his wake. Where did you get that? He barked, his tone uncharacteristically brusque. I found it, said the waif, smothering the bracelet with her arms. What's your problem? My problem is this. That piece of jewelry belonged to someone I cared for very much, said Akshan. It was a favorite. The girl stared up at him, eyes wide with fear. Akshan realized his fist had tightened around her collar. He released his grip and attempted a wry smile. <laughs> so, he said, why don't you tell me how you've come to possess it? I took it from someone who won't miss it. The urchin's face welled with spite from years of hardship. Akshan knew it well. He also knew of an infamous black market jeweler on the next block and what the man might pay the girl for the bracelet if she hadn't crossed paths with Akshan. Then you'd better tell me the name of this person. I... I can't. You don't know what he'd do. Akshan gently coaxed the bracelet from the waist's grip and felt his heart skip as he pulled something from its clasp. A single strand of long silver hair. Shadia's hair? It was silver, right? Akshan's mind flashed with a partial picture of her, now even less complete than before. Young friend, said Akshan to the girl, my Shadia is gone, and this bracelet is one of the few remaining pieces of her. It was a part of a set with four others. The waif averted her eyes, as her interrogator might glean some forbidden information from them. Akshan exhaled, his voice softening. <sighs> Whoever you took this from is sure to have the others. You must tell me who the scoundrel is. The girl stammered, her eyes shifting until she relented. They, they, they call him the, they call him the Devil of the Dunes, sir, and he lives in the large palace in the foothills north of here. 
Akshan's fr- brow furrowed. You stole this from a warlord? I I cleaned his stables, said the girl. He, he owed me. I cannot begrudge you that, said Akshan, but this bracelet was not his for you to steal. It seems I must pay this doom devil a visit. Don't, don't, said the girl. He's a killer, sir. This I already know. With that, he fired his grappling hook into the eaves of buildings above and launched himself out of sight. In the darkest hour of the night, a host of heavily armed guards kept watch over the warlord's palace. None of them noticed the caped figure darting through the shadows toward the silver-inlaid doors of the main bedroom. Inside, a large, battle-scarred ruffian lay sprawled across the entire width of his enormous goose-down bed. Three exotic pet rodents with long, flowing white hair perked up and scampered off the bed as Akshan emerged from the shadows. His hand clamped down across the mouth of the sleeping warlord. The man's eyes shot wide with rage as he uttered a muffled scream. "'Good evening, scoundrel,' said Akshan, pressing his gun to the ruffian's chin. "'Sorry to uh, call on you on such an hour, but uh, only a little sorry.' The warlord squirmed under the tip of the absolver. "'Now, now, now,' said Akshan. "'Collect yourself.' I'm going to remove my hand, and all I want to hear from your mouth is a confession. Ready? The rage in the warlord's eyes turned to a cautious curiosity. Slowly, Akshan removed his hand. Confession? asked the bemused warlord. Shadia, the sentinel, elderly woman, stickler for hools, fond of pearl jewelry, said Akshan. I don't know what you're talking about. She was the kindest person I have ever known. At least be a good lowlife and tell me why you killed her. I didn't kill her, said the warlord, a tinge of frustration in his voice. Then how else could you have taken this from her? Thrusting the bracelet into the warlord's face. She was wearing this the day she died. I found it like four others in your jewelry case. Tutting in disapproval, Akshan presented all five matching bracelets to the warlord. I know who you are, scowled the warlord. I've heard all about you and what you do. You think you can kill me and bring her back? No. I believe the time for that has passed. Then what do you want? Akshan paused, thinking of the silver hair, the bracelets and the woman whose face he could no longer recall. Was this the man before him who had slain her? Did it even matter? Surely the world would be a better place without him. At last, he answered the warlord's question. Peace? With a squeeze of the grip, Akshan fired the absolver, illuminating the bedroom as countless bolts of relic stone light pierced the warlord's body. Guards poured into the room, though not quickly enough to catch the fleeing Akshan, who disappeared through a window into the cool desert night. As the sun rose over the mountains, Akshan trudged back to the city, his mind bedeviled. 
He studied the five pearl bracelets he'd recently recovered. He thought they might somehow bring Shadia back, if only in his mind's eye. But her memory continued to fade, and now only a vague silhouette of her face remained. Akshan knew one thing for certain. She would not have approved of him killing the Devil of the Dunes. Not out of pure vengeance. But deep down, he knew he hadn't done it for her. He'd done it for himself, and it had not brought him peace. He turned one of the bracelets in his fingers, searching for solace, and noticed a tiny inscription etched inside the band. An old sentinel mantra he'd heard often, but but never really understood. Give all, and all may live. The words rang in Akshan's head like a war trumpet as his revelation shook him. He fired his grappling hook into the eaves above and launched himself from building to building until he arrived at the place where he'd met the waif the day before. There she lay, sleeping in the same alley. He knelt over the girl, bracelets in hand. You should, uh, you should have these. It's what she would have wanted. Confused and half asleep, the waif's eyes blinked as Akshan placed the bracelets in her meager pile of belongings. But, uh, sell them to the jeweler in the Spice District, he said. He will give you a better price. Akshan could feel the stunned gaze of the girl watching him as he walked away, and a bittersweet comfort washed over him. Though he had parted with the last physical remnants of his mentor, he felt a bright warmth within him, and in his mind's eye, clear as day, was Shadia's face. Wow. Well, let me be completely honest here. I haven't touched Akshan in-game or in Legends of Runeterra or League of Legends at all. And this lore makes me want to try and play him because I really resonate him with him. I like a lot of his story. I like the suave, whatever he's got going on. And there's this wrestling with pursuing justice, but pursuing justice with mercy and truth. There's some uh, things to meditate on in there. Uh, a bit of the Rakan story there as well. Both dashing figures and kind of kind of speaking to my Robin Hood vibes that I like. So anyway, thanks for listening. I know this episode came out a little later than it normally does today on Saturday the 22nd, but I had a late night and didn't get up super early enough this morning to record because as I may or may not have already mentioned... I'm working on a new podcast, which I pitched to you earlier in the show. So I'm not going to do that again to you. Thanks again for your listening to Stories of Runeterra. I really love it. I really want to see this thing grow and get bigger. So again, don't forget to like, comment, uh, share, and rate in your various podcast platforms. I do my best to talk and chat with y'all as I can on social media. Thanks again for listening. And we'll catch you on the flip side. Keep your eye out and ear out for the first episode of the Gamer Alchemy Podcast coming February 4th to a podcast provider near you.